Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. In Australia, there's, what, 1.7 million investors. And currently, out of that 1.7 million investors, 1.1 million of them run their portfolios at a loss. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and we're speaking with property strategist, investment coach, author and former nurse Duncan Yeltz. Yeltz has come a long way since starting nursing in the 1980s, now boasting a positive cash flow portfolio of over 20 properties. Tune in to hear about his story, starting his investment journey and some lessons he learned along the way. Before becoming a coach and mentor, Yields had a very dramatically different career. I have a um, background in, in nursing, believe it or not. I, I, I left school way back in uh, 1983 and jumped straight into into nursing and did my nursing in the old hospital system, uh, very much uh, learning the ins and outs of needing, needing to do everything as it was designed to be done. Uh, you couldn't like, go off a path. So uh, very much a process in everything that you do. After getting some good advice and education, Yields and his wife were able to get their portfolio off the ground. It wasn't until really um, 2002 when we'd, uh, when we'd done some significant travelling and I'm uh, yeah, we're, uh, overseas with my wife and um, we came back to Australia and met a mentor and a coach and a financial advisor and mentor and coach as well. And they took us down this whole path of education and explaining to us how to actually invest in property properly. Uh, now, uh, without trying to be funny about this, myself and my wife had already put it together over 15 years, a portfolio of five properties. Uh, they weren't necessarily all the right properties, but they were five properties. And uh, through the coaching and mentoring, we very quickly went from five to 25 properties. And literally, very quickly, I mean in 18 months, we, we secured another 20 properties into our portfolio. Yields believes his newfound expertise and his background made the transition into helping others invest seamlessly. It took us from this nursing, coming back from overseas and travelling and what are we going to do next in our lives. My wife was a hairdresser um, and we owned hairdressing salons and very quickly we went from this well, we don't need to work anymore. So our portfolio was very negative to neutral and then to positive cash flow. And as, as the portfolio grew and it did what it, we designed it to do with our coaching and mentoring. For the last 14 years, Yields has been able to successfully grow his business and aid in the purchase of hundreds of millions of dollars worth of property investments. Since 2004, uh, about 900 clients now that uh, Property Wealth Partners and, and the team around us have coached and mentored and worked with. 
the numbers as they stand uh, end of last year, about 3,500 property transactions, so those 900 clients have all bought somewhere around that three, if not more, properties uh, each, if not some more, and uh, about a value of about $650 million worth of properties. His daily routine revolves as much around his family as it does his clients and he prioritizes his quality of service over his quality of clients. I don't wake up too early. I, I do have a 16-year-old son and, uh, and also a, a six-year-old boy and a nine-year-old girl and uh, so there's the school routine. But look, it's really nice to be able to get up and have breakfast with them, take them to school or get them off to school and also get them home from school in the afternoon to do sports. So my life is very much orientated around family now and uh, and being able to work with clients in between those times. Um, look, really, my day is very much about assisting clients. I, I think on, on average... I would see maybe uh, half a dozen clients a week. I, 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 that's not trying to be funny. I, I work with clients that want to work with me and that we can help. Yields grew up in a rather large family in the north side of Sydney. Grew up in Sydney, on the north side of Sydney. I was, I was very fortunate. Uh, my my dad was an electrical engineer. Mum was a, uh, a teacher. Um, and dad and mum put five of us through private schools on the north side of Sydney, so we're very, um, very fortunate with that scenario. I uh, grew up with the whole idea of every every school holidays, we all piled in the car and drove up to Queensland, or uh, I don't know, we even did the Nullarbor a couple of times sort of thing. But dad was always taking us on either holidays, either to beaches or to the snow, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, we're pretty, pretty fortunate upbringing. Um, I, don't, I don't think we really uh, needed or requested for much. It was always there. Mum and Dad took care of us very well. Being a middle child, he felt he had a very particular role in the family structure that aided him in his work as he got older. I was always the kid that was sort of the between the older and the younger, obviously, but it was um, for some reason just my role within the family was very much the problem solver. Um, yeah, and and it, and it flowed across into my work. I was always the helper, the supporter. I was I was not necessarily the funny one, but I was always the one that would okay. How do we move past these guys? How do we how do we get past? I suppose it, so. It really came it it came through to my nursing. It came through to who I am as a person. And a little bit of a side on on the nursing from later years um, was that there's many different types of nursing. And when I did my training, I fell into the area of rehabilitation, uh, nursing, and geriatric nursing. So very much your your patients, your clients were longer term people. They were in that had some sort of physical or mental or uh, some sort of injury that would mean that for them to return to home, that they were going to need some education, some support, and some team around them to actually get them there. It wasn't just a I feel sick in hospital, back out, and everything's fine. There's something that's significant and changed. And that rehabilitation nursing um, really pre-framed and set me up very much for the role I do now as a strategist and handholder for our clients. He explains the comparison between a team of medical professionals versus property professionals. My role 
has as that nurse within that team of rehabilitation specialists was to bring in the physio or to bring in the occupational therapist or bring in the hydrotherapist or the psychologist or, or or someone that was going to give them physical therapy or psychological therapy to support them and it was very much that uh, we we on a regular basis we had these things called case conferences where we would actually sit down and the whole team literally 17 18 people in most cases would sit down and talk about that client's that client's position their physical condition their mental state and we would then work as a team a holistic team and actually okay what is our plan for this person how are we going to help them move forward to get the best results and the metaphors there the notion of working with a holistic team is paramount to yields that's exactly what people need and quite often are looking for in building their own portfolio. Dumb luck can get people so far in in property investing. They go out and buy one, maybe even buy two, and they're lucky in a lot of cases. But then 10 years down the track, they go, Struth, if I'd only bought here or done this or not bought that one, I'd done this, they could have actually done even better. And the idea of having a holistic team, and that's, I believe in having partners around you in, in supporting any wealth. I, 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 I rely on my accountant on a monthly, quarterly basis. I re- rely on my financial advisor, my, my, my broker, um, uh, my legal, my solicitor. I rely on all these people in my team on a regular basis. What should I do here? What should I do there? Now, yes, I've done literally thousands of transactions by default. I still talk to my team and get them to check what I'm doing. Nursing wasn't the initial path Yields was supposed to go down, but an experience in a hospital gave him the insight to change his field of study. Much to my parents' dismay, um, I was actually meant to do uh, medicine. I was, I was lining up to do medicine and um, I, I came down to Sydney. Uh, I was actually spent a couple of years up in uh, Bathurst at a, at a boarding school up there in the last couple of years. And um, Mum needed me to. Mum and Dad needed me to concentrate. Well, that's why they sent me there. Um, <laughs> leave it. We'll leave it at that. Um, went up there, came down and did some work experience, and uh, was meant to do some work experience with some uh, doctors at uh, Royal North Shore Hospital. And I uh, got there, and um, I, after two days, it was like these doctors are boring. They sit down and they do these stupidly long hours. They always look like their eyes are hanging out of their heads. They're drinking coffee like it's going out of fashion, and they're not having any fun. But over there, all the nurses were just fun all the time. They were laughing and having fun. It was like, I want to do what they do. And the rest is history. I um, came back and uh, no longer did, did, did focused on uh, medicine. I focused on nursing and, uh, yeah, got into, into the nursing. Yield spent over a decade working his way up the hospital system and improving his qualifications. That was three years in... Uh, in the hospital system. So that only ended up with a certificate and then I did my midwifery another year and geriatrics another year, uh, rehab another year uh, and then got out of the hospital system. Uh, like So I did all those qualifications, started working as a registered nurse and was only in the public system for a couple of years when I was actually uh, headhunted and asked to help set up my first rehab hospital. It was a hospital called Dalcross down uh, the north side of Sydney. And uh, hence my journey came into management and becoming a CEO and a director of nursing and running various private hospitals around Sydney between sort of 90 and 2000. 
However, working his way up the ladder in such a serious industry came with intense consequences too. When you talk about burnout, Ed, that was one of those things. I, I, um, I love the nursing and love the patient contact. And it may sound a little bit corny, but just sitting down with a patient and actually helping them get an outcome and for them to actually say thank you was really powerful. And, you know, you live for that every day. Um, when I stepped up and actually became a director of nursing, in, in, like in charge and then up to a director of nursing, now all of a sudden you had uh, 150 staff, team, that you were now responsible for. And as the in-charge nurse for hospital, the responsibility of anything that went on in that hospital, good and challenging, <laughs> rested on rested on your shoulders. So once upon a time as a nurse, you'd go to work at seven and finish at three and wouldn't have anything to worry about. You'd go home or start at two and finish at 11 or do a night shift. And that was your shift and that was it, in and out. As a director of nursing, I often, often got there at six in the morning and was still there at 10 at night, only to drive home to get a phone call to say there's been a problem at the hospital or there's a death to turn around and go back in to manage that process. So the hours were, were extraordinary and, and, the, and the pressure and the stress was much, much higher. Unfortunately, at the time, even despite these crazy working hours, Yields wasn't even being rewarded financially. Some of your listeners may, may appreciate this. In the lead up to 2000, the year 2000, um, there was the whole um, uh, IT movement where people were getting paid literally if you could write an IT program or do some data entry almost you you were earning not just data entry computer program you're earning a hundred hundred and fifty thousand dollars without even thinking about it It was stupid money being thrown at people to do IT as a director of nursing in charge of a hundred and fifty team with 60 70 patients that that I was yes I was responsible for the lives of um, with a with a massive budget, uh, re- reporting to the health department, Department of Health, reporting to all the health funds, and keeping compliant with all the rules and regulations in and around all of that, I was getting a whole seventy thousand dollars a year, and and truly uh, on an average week, I, I'd put in eighty to ninety hours. And yet. He is constantly grateful for his past career and experiences and recognises how they shaped his work today. So, was it financially rewarding? No. Was it it fun to set up and a challenge to go and set up a rehabilitation hospital and take it from, you know, being closed or or not being approved by the health funds to a fully-fledged functioning unit with with patients coming in and out every day and and a full team working yeah that was awesome that was amazing this the skill that i had to put together of building a team and actually managing that team and working with that team and getting the best out of that team um yeah was that amazing of course it was can you pay for that experience no um so you know but and looking at it if i hadn't had those experiences I wouldn't necessarily be able to do what I do now as effectively and passionately as I do. Coming up after the break, we'll hear all about how Duncan Yields started his property investment journey. As stories go, buy something in 86, sell it in in 89, three years later and and more than double your money. Um, That's a pretty good story. Some of the people who influenced him on his journey 
if you get the right team on board and they support you and you allow them to coach you and work with you and they've got your best interests at heart. As well as his worst investment moment and what it taught him. All up in that four years from time we secured it to time selling, we lost just over a quarter of a million dollars in cash. All that and more coming up. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Field started his investment journey with his wife in the mid-1980s, making a great return after selling only a few years later. I met my wife in, I was still in my nurse's training. I was over at Bankstown Hospital doing my nurses. She was a hairdresser and uh, she she was cutting my hair every sort of four to six weeks. I had some very short, weird flat tops at those times and all sorts of things. So the courting cost me a lot of money um, because I was in there all the time. But uh, we eventually started going out and uh, we weren't even married, but um, we ended up buying our first house from her brother who needed to sell because he needed some money and we bought it in uh, on Matella Road in Turngabby in uh, Sydney and it was a three-bedroom fibro corrugated uh, iron house uh, on Matella Road. Uh, we bought it for $41,000 um, and that was so that was 1986 1986 and then of course we had the recession we had to have and oh, I'm going da 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 uh, good old Paul Keating and interest rates were at the time were at seven and a half percent you know but that was all normal we didn't understand any of that and we ended up um, ended up selling it to my brother in 1989 for 110 thousand dollars. Yields explains how the marketplace allowed for this great return to happen. Now, the market had totally shifted. Everyone had moved their money out of the share market into the property market. And yes, we had bought it quite cheaply, but we also um, uh, pay, sold it to, to my brother for fair and reasonable market value um, for that, yeah, 110000 So, you know, as, as stories go, buy something in 86, sell it in, in 89, three years later, and and more than double your money, um, that's a pretty good story. And it was also renting at nearly $200 a week. So that was even better. You can't you, you try duplicating that in Sydney now. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, but so that was our first. And then our accountant said, you're earning too much money. Money You need to um, uh, go and buy an investment property so you can negative gear it. And the first thing we did was drive down the road and buy one at Borkham Hills. Then we bought another one at... Um, uh, in the city, and yeah, so the portfolio was put together was put together very, very incorrectly. We bought them all based on uh, negative gearing and needing to support the port the portfolio. He reflects on this solely natively geared investment model that was pitched to him initially by his accountant. And it was a catch cry. I mean, it's a barbie. It's like yeah, in Australia, there's what 1.7 million investors. Um, and currently, out of that 1.7 million investors, 1.1 million of them run their portfolios at a loss. Now, if you said there's 1.7 million businesses in Australia and 1.1 million of those businesses run their business at a loss ongoingly, they'd be out of business because that whole logic of why would you want to go to work and not get paid and actually have to put more money in out of your pocket to support that business from recurring. 
that's what people do with their property on a week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis. And the amount of money that, you know, that, 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 that is put into a portfolio to support it, the amount of money we were putting into our portfolio to support it was crazy. It was an electrical, non-sustainable scenario. So what would happen if, say, for example, unfortunately you lost your job, how would you be able to manage that situation if, with that portfolio negatively geared? And this is exactly the point. I'm literally speaking to a client this morning who's, who is in his mid-50s and he's got six properties all coming off interest only in the next 12 months and they're all going to P&I. And this guy is already putting in $20,000 in interest only rates on, his, on these properties. And he's sitting here going, Duncan, yeah, uh, help. And it's like, mate, I, I don't even know where to start. It's, it's, he's going to have to sell some. Bottom line, he's going to have to sell some to pay down some debt. Um, and he's got this massive debt against his own principal place of residence, which is even – for us, for me for me and Chris, it was very much a we, – we used to Skype to our friends. Look at us. We're so clever. We've got five properties and we get the low-income rebate of the government. We actually thought we were clever because we're actually getting the government giving us money because we're on low-income rebates because our portfolio was so negative. Now – you know, this is how blasé people are about their portfolio sometimes. They don't even realise that if they actually lost their job or couldn't have, didn't have the income coming in, excuse the French, but they'd be up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're going to have to sell. And, 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 and quite often a lot of investors don't have a big cash pool of money sitting there that they can survive for six and 12 months without you know, getting very stressed financially. And, yeah, we, we would have been – if we'd lost jobs, lost income, we would have, would have been stuffed. Um, and, yes, so many investors are like it. It's yeah, part of building a portfolio, and this is one of the very first things that our, our mentor and, and finance guys taught us was, you know, we had five properties. We only had an LVR of 40%, so we had a lot of ownership within them. It was all with the one bank. It was how to structure your finance properly and then – that the first seven properties that we bought, like uh, from going from five to twelve, they're all positively geared properties at ten and twelve percent, just to get our portfolio back to neutral when we actually release the money. So, yeah, that was what that, it took us to get to twelve properties just to be cash flow neutral, and then after that we started going positive. Yield shares his worst investing experience and the lessons he learnt from a bad investment. It's a lesson we learned, but it's it was actually our fifth property. And uh, I remember sitting down with our accountant, and again, he said, you're earning too much money out of your hairdressing and your, and your, and your nursing jobs. Uh, you need to go and buy another property to take, a, take effect of the negative gearing. And this time he turned around and said, and by the way, I've got a guy that can talk to you about it. He's a client. He's got some good properties, and you, know, you go and talk to him about that. So we did. He went up buying a one-bedroom unit uh, in the monument complex in Oxford Street in the city, and that was in 2000. It was going to be – wasn't off the plan totally because the building was already there. It was an old office building that was being rebuilt, uh, like being redecked out. Uh, Multiplex was the developer and bought it for $670,000. Now, one-bedroom – uh, anyone just does a Google search right now. One bedroom unit in in Oxford Street in the city, um, six hundred seventy thousand dollars. Not even worth that now. But let's go down the path. 
bought it, secured it, paid $30,000 stamp duty. It completed in 2002, just about the time I was starting to get out coaching and mentoring. We went back to our bank, good old Phil, at Phil at Hornsby St George and sat down with him and he goes, yeah, you can afford this, not a problem. They went out and valued it. And uh, they valued it $550,000, not $670,000. And they said, and further to that, we're not actually going to give you an 80%, 90% loan um, that you have got on, you, you could get. We're only going to give you a 50% loan because it's under 50 squares in size. So, okay, great. Well, we can settle on it. Now, at the time, in hindsight, if that had been one of my clients, I actually would have told him to walk away from the contract and lose a $67,000 deposit because here's the rest of the story. So we completed on it. Yes, everything went fine. It was all cross-collateralized with our other properties. At this point, things only got worse and worse for yields in this Oxford Street, Sydney property. We had been told by our accountant's mate, um, developer, that it was going to rent for around $700 a week. It rented for $450 a week. 12 months into it, we'd owned it and we had a letter from the strata managers and the strata said we need to draw a special levy on top of the normal strata fees that were being drawn and each owner needs to put in $20,000. Now, for guys that shave, if you've ever cut yourself shaving, it just doesn't stop bleeding. This property we're already bleeding on. And then to top it off, when this $20,000, it was like we'd cut the jugular vein on, on the throat. We just were gushing blood. 20000 bucks for, for, because the, the when Multiplex had done redone the building, they hadn't bothered redoing all the lift shafts. So the building was already 30 years old, and so all the lift shafts and lifts needed replacing. Hence, all the owners paid for it instead of Multiplex paying for it. Long story cut short. Now, this was Sydney, don't forget. And anyone that grown up in Sydney and was here when the Olympics was on, Sydney was the winner. Sydney, 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 Sydney. And we'd gone through this huge upswing in the market, 2001, 2002. We're still on this upswing in the market. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. Everything was perfect in Sydney. People were paying stupid price for a property. It completed. And then... My belief, being a Sydney cider, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. You know, you know, 550, not a problem. We'll keep it. The value's going to come back. The value's going to come back. The rents are going to go up. It never did. We ended up selling into that 2004, and we sold it for $492,000. All up, all up in that four years from time we secured it to time of selling, we lost just over a quarter of a million dollars in cash. So now I don't know about you, but for me and possibly some of your listeners can get the, the, the visual on this. Can you imagine someone rolled up in a fetal position in the corner, rocking backwards and forwards, sucking their thumb? Yeah, I was a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky to learn, earn $70,000 a year, even in the best paying job you could get. And I'd literally just lost over a quarter million dollars. Now that's after tax money. That's not pre-tax or anything like that. That's after tax money, quarter million bucks. He describes all the lessons he learned from this unfortunate investment. So, bad story, learnings, massive learning. But, you know, do you listen to your accountant? No, he doesn't give you real estate advice. He doesn't give you investment advice. He can talk about structuring and tax effectiveness, but he's not the guy to listen to about property. The guy that we listened to that sold it to us, he was getting paid 
a $60,000 commission. Now, that's nearly 10% of the value of the property back in that market, 10% commission to convince us to buy the property. They were unbelievably ridiculous. So this is where transparency and integrity really comes into us, mate. So, yeah, they won. They got his commission and the, and the, and the accountant got a little backhander as well for, for helping us buy the property. Um, the long story cut short out of all of that, we sold the property. We did release some equity out of it. And over the next six months, and this was in that period of time when we were buying all this property, in that next period of time, we actually went and bought a number of off-the-plan properties with an option to actually trade the properties when they were settling. Now, we did that in WA. You could do that in WA at the time and still can to an extent. And so we ended up in this situation where we actually bought four investment properties off the plan at $215,000 each, ended up selling them nearly $250,000 each just before the um, just 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 they settled. So between that and a couple of other deals, in six months after losing a quarter of a million dollars, we actually made a quarter of a million dollars out of doing property correctly and understanding the market and understanding the dynamics of the market and how to actually secure the right property for the right party or your strategy. So huge learning. You know, we could have actually been 500 ahead. We're only 250, like we got back to zero, if that makes sense. Um, huge learning in all of that. Uh, and it, it's why I get so um, passionate when, when I sit down with clients now. You know, last week, clients sitting there going, I've paid this buyer's agency a fee, you know, uh, I'm, and they're not doing their job and I'm going to go back and I'm going to fight them in court and I'm going to fight them, you know, it doesn't matter how much money it costs. They, they'd put them into a property that wasn't of good value, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I won't go into the details there, but it's it's yeah. If you get the right team on board, and they support you, and you allow them to coach you and work with you, and they've got your best interests at heart, then everyone's going to win out of that. Join us on a future episode of Property Invest Story, where we continue the conversation with Duncan Yields, learning more about his current portfolio and strategies. I've got. 15 properties, I've got 20 properties and I'm pulling $150,000 a year positive cash flow in. The mentors and strategists that aided him in his success? I met many mentors along the way. Um, my clients are my mentors. My clients are my my, my, my best coaches. Um, you know, if I'm doing the right thing by them. As well as the advice and knowledge he would pass on to everyday investors? Unfortunately, you know, making a buck in this industry comes at a cost uh, and it's unfortunately, it's generally the client that gets hit with it. And that's next time on a future episode of Property Investory. Also, if you're interested in learning more from Duncan Yields and would like his strategic advice, then register for his free webinar that will show you how to set up your personalized 5-power properties plan to create an astonishing wealth. Register at propertyinvestory.com forward slash power. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.